Thank you so much for joining us today as we gather to worship our Lord here at Monmouth Community Christian Church. Well, it's really special when we get to hear from one of our other uh, pastoral staff team members. And today we get to hear from Minister TP, who will share God's word with us. Welcome, Minister TP. Uh, dear brother and sister, uh, so great to see all of you again uh, here today. So in the past two years, during the past two years, a very challenging year for everyone, including our church. However, difficulty and the hardship in life always bring the opportunity for spiritual awakening. So as Charles Dickens, he said, it was the best time, it was the worst of time. It was the season of light, it was the season of darkness, it was the spring of hope, it was the winter of despair. It's, and this is also my prayer for the 2022 will be the year we take decisive action to follow our Jesus Christ. It's the worst of the time, it's also the best of the time. So today I'm going to share a message come from the Luke uh, chapter 14, verse 15 to 24, to learn how God so eager and uh, he wants to invite all of us to his, his, to his big banquet and uh, his salvation. However, we have to accept his invitation. There's no excuse. So let's uh, uh, read today's passage together in the Luke 14, 15 to 24. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was prepared a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began, uh, began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yokes of oxen, and I am on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can come. The servant came back and uh, report this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the street and uh, alley of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, and the, the bride and the, the lamb. Sir, the servant said, what you order has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the road and the country land and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a test of my banquet. So let me give you some of the background uh, of today's passage. Jesus was at the home of one of the chief Pharisees eating the supper. There's a Jewish person at the dinner table. He seemed to be a very nice person. 
Uh, he sensed the tension when Jesus debating uh, with the Jewish on the Sabbath and uh, rebuked the Pharisees on their pride and hypocrisy. When he heard Jesus mention the resurrection in the future in the verse 14, so this Jewish person would like to ease the tension. So he said, despite our difference, won't be nice for all of us. So we can express, uh, experience the blessing of sitting in the big banquet before God in his kingdom. However, Jesus did not even prattle on about this person's talk. Jesus teach him by tell a story that he will be blessed who is in the kingdom of God. But are you sure you will be there? There are all kinds of Christians in our life. But at the end of the day, we are all going to heaven and have the same party with Jesus. Do you think my statement is correct? Is this true? Everyone, we will go to the heaven with a banquet with Jesus Christ in the future. So I have heard a pastor describe two kinds of the Christian. So let me share with you. The first is called the cat Christians. A cat said, you pet me, you feed me, you shelter me, and you love me, so I must be God. There's another kind called the dog Christian. And the dog said, you pet me, you feed me, you shelter me, you love me, and you must be God. So there's always a cat and a dog in the world today. So they are constantly at art. They both look and act like a Christian, but there's a huge difference in their heart attitude and the priority. The Jewish were very religious people. They think, we are God's people. We will be in his kingdom. Really? Are you sure you will be there? Jesus challenged this assumption. Those who appear to be in line with God's blessing run the risk of not making it to the table at all. So the story begins with a great supper prepared, and the many guests are invited. It is agreed by all that this represents God's invitation to the entire his kingdom, to enter his kingdom. While it may seem very strange in light of the invitation uh, practiced in today's world, in the first century, people typically received two invitations to a celebration. People typically send out the first invitation to the intended guest without a particular day or time provided. The first invitation announced the event and highlights its significance. So in our day, it would be very uh, similar to what we call the Save the Day or ISVP. 
Then the gas we then will eagerly wait for much anticipated second invitation. When the baking, uh, when the uh, banquet is finally ready, then the host will send out the uh, second invitation and tell the servant to tell those who have been invited. Come for everything is now ready now. They did this because planning was so unpredictable at the time. So the host did not have the luxury of running down to the grocery store like today to stock up the supplier, or they may have to wait for a certain ingredient to be become available, or they may have to wait for the cow or the lamb to fatten up before they can uh, slaughter them. So the banquet that Jesus was referring to here was a great banquet with huge celebration. It was even the people look forward to attending. So in this big banquet, they did not use the plastic uh, plated daily tray or pre-made appetizer. They did not uh, even have the robbery chicken at a king or a dry sheet cake. It was a real big banquet fit for the king and his all the guests. As the story goes, there were several people who excused themselves from the party. A time we have all met excuse. We all had our schedule changed for one reason or another reason and are forced to give it excuse for not being to uh, somewhere else. As an elder before and now a church minister, I am frequently on the receiving end on somebody's excuse. Sometimes I will call brother and sister who I have not seen them for a while to see how they are doing uh, during the pandemic. I will get the feedback and say, hi, Mr. Chen, Minister Chen, I'm coming back to church this coming Sunday because the pandemic is not so, uh, is not so severe anymore. But very often, very often, I still do not see them return after they say so. Sometimes our excuses are elaborate and they have very little truth in them. That's what happened in our party, uh, in, in this today, uh, parable today. Jesus is telling a story about a generous host who want people to come and share in a rather glamorous uh, banquet. But several, uh, uh, several of the people made an excuse for not attending. The very first reaction of the foreign man to God was an excuse. Remember in the Genesis, when Adam ate the fruit, and he said it was because he, uh, the reason why the Adam, he wanted to eat the uh, fruit is because he wanted to. But his excuse was that his wife gave it to him. Then the woman Eve also do the same thing. He had an excuse. 
the serpent deceived me, so I ate fruit. Did God accept all of these excuses for singing? Of course not. God didn't accept. Our excuses don't fly with God. The sooner we understand and accept this, the better prepared we will be for the Lord when He returns uh, for believers. The excuse of us are reason for not going to church, for not reading the Bible, for not commit to our life to Christ. Excuses are different, but the end result is all alike. So let's look at the excuses a little closer. The first one is preoccupied with his business and the or we say the property. There is something strange about this excuse when you read the uh, verse. We will think this person ought to have looked at his land before he bought it. But now that he already has the land and uh, his land will be there tomorrow, what is to prevent him from going to the banquet? Does he have the urgency to his land now? So the next person is preoccupied with his job or wealthy and money. He just buy the five yokes of oxen and he wants to try them out. In those days, five yokes of the oxen would be like to buy the five John Deere tractor today. If you are going to buy a tractor, you, you are going to go to see the tractor first, and maybe you will kick the tire and check the engine and the test drive it first before anyone starts to buy a yoke of oxen. So he, this person is supposed to be checked the, the oxen first before he bought it. So his excuse about the wealthy and the money that he can gain from this offering. So the same as the first person, for he is too busy to attend the banquet. So the third person accused him. It seemed like a bit more logical. The guy said, I just got married, so I cannot come. Uh, Moody uh, he had made a comment, and uh, he said, why could he take his wife with him together to come to the banquet? It's so amazing how many refused the invitation from, for the sake of their spouse. So many young people get married who previously went to the church, and then they end up not going. So they are happy together, and so they get preoccupied in their new life, and they have no time for God. So I have also uh, seen the similar thing where young people stop coming to church after they have new baby because they say they will need time to take care of their baby. The significant thing about all of those excuses is that there is nothing wrong with any of the involvement in themselves. Business and the pleasure are, legit, are legitimate, and the marriage is ordained of God. But all of them can keep 
us away from God. What Jesus meant to teach us here is by you by using all of this example, is try to uh, is not not only property or possession, but pleasure and the persons must also take second place to God if one is to be a true Christian. Uh, let me also share with you uh, another story. A boat was uh, carrying a cargo of the meat from the New Orleans to Memphis. When another boat tried to pass it and uh, the race was on, the captain ordered full steam ahead, but it was not sufficient to stay in the lead. So he then ordered some of the fat meat throw into the fire. This worked so well, so he kept continued to do it and repeat it. The whistle was blowing, and you can see the flag was flying as he arrived in Memphis, way ahead of his rival. But when the merchant came to get their cargo, they find out it all had been burned up in the race. The captain was a great succeed in the racing, but he failed in his central purpose. He was a successful, successful failure because he sacrificed the essential of the travel. Such is the case with those who are preoccupied with possession and do not have the time for God. Success with God is terrific, but without God, it is tragic. St. Augustine said, God wants to actually give us something, but he cannot, because our hands are full, and there's, some, uh, there's nowhere for him to put it. So I don't know how many of us we turn down an invitation from New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy or our President Biden to attend an event in Government House or the White House. We will feel happy, so happy and honored to receive such invitation. We will consider ourselves as very important people. Nothing will stop us from attending this prestigious event. But when the king of the glory, the one that is greater and higher than any earthly king, invite us to his uh, presence, we turn down his invitation. As we consider this parable, we see the same mysterious behavior as God's invitation, receive ridiculous rejection. It is so unnatural and unreasonable that man would ever refuse to go to a banquet when there was no good reason for not going. That is just the impression Jesus wanted to want us to learn from this parable. Is it unbelievable when we see it everywhere? People refuse the grace of the God, the love of the Christ, and the joy of salvation in order to be absorbed in a world of the insignificance. 
we see from the Luke verse 14, 18 to 20, uh, chapter 14, 18 to 20, not their business, work, manage, family life, were more important to them than being with God. Those things took a precedence over God. God wasn't, uh, God actually not ranking as the number one on their to-do list. Anything you don't have time for is, is not a priority to you. Those that were invited to the wedding banquet didn't have the time for the banquet. They didn't have the time for God because God wasn't a uh, wasn't a priority to them. So in Psalm chapter 73 and verse 25, David said, there was no one he desired like God. But for many people today, they desire other things more than they desire God. Until we get to that point, where God is more important to us than anyone and anything. Until we get to that point where we put God first before anyone and anything. If we have to make a choice between God and the business meeting, we will, without blinking an eye, and pick the business meeting first. If we have to make a choice between standing for God and fitting into the crowd, we will choose being accepted by the crowd over standing alone for God. For the verse from 21 to 24, the parable makes it very clear what Jesus referring to was the fact that these Pharisees were too busy to enter the kingdom of God. And so he would extend his invitation to the publican and the sinners. So in the Luke 14, 21 here, when the servant went back toward his master, not no one of the people he invited to the banquet were interested and willing to attend. But our God, had a heart for looking people. The master ordered his servant, go out quickly, bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. When we see this, we automatically think about certain group of people. But I believe that God's heart is broader than we imagine. When Jesus referred to those who are poor, could that also include in those individuals who are poor in their spirit? These are the people who are desperate and discouraged. This parable is saying that God has a place for people whose lives are broken and hurting. There's a room for people who are not perfect. What about the cripple? We normally think about the crippled people as those individuals who cannot walk. Could it include those individuals that have been crippled by life? There are some here today that have been crippled for something that happened to you. Maybe a setback, a failure in the past, or unexpected death 
of the loved one. You can find all the comfort in Jesus Christ. If you are grieving a loss, there are people here as a church that will walk alongside with you. You don't have to go through the grieving process alone. We will have lovely brother and the sisters who care about you. In the verse 22, the main emphasis here, however, is God's mercy. All are invited, and yet there is still room. There is still room. This where comfort word to, uh, this where the comforting word uh, to John Byron, uh, who is the author of the Pilgrim Progress, who here he is afraid it was it was too late for him until he saw this word. There's the still room. Moody also said the same thing. This is one of the motto of the kingdom of God. Our God is bigger than what we think. His heart is bigger. His compassion is bigger. His plan for you are bigger than you imagine. Just when you think that you have asked too much, God said, there's more. There's still room here. In verse 23, then the master told his servant, go out to the road, the country land, and the compel them come in, so that my house will be full. This story teaches us about the heart of God. He loved people who, uh, who have lost their way and the people who are broken. This story is about the redemption. It's about restoration, but it's also about the responsibility. The master master told his servant to compel them to come in. It means to strongly persuade them what a challenge for you and I as a servant. We have to urge people to come to the banquet of God. And what a joy to know he will not be satisfied until the banquet hall is full. We, as a Christian, are his servant. And we have the responsibility to go and make people come in. However, we take this so lightly. We have brought into the cultural view of tolerance to the point that we do not care if someone dies without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We are too afraid that we may offend someone, so we remain silent. Yet, how often do you share your story of how God has blessed you your life? Don't be timid. Tell your story. Tell your friend how you felt before coming to Christ and how you feel today. 
tell your friend what it feels like to be forgiven. Your friends are not looking for a lesson in theology. They are looking for hope. When you talk to them, don't talk down to them. Don't preach to them. Don't judge them. Just love them enough to share some good news. Just tell your story. Just tell them that Jesus has changed your life and he has room at the table for them too. Jesus is telling us to go. He said, he said, compel them come in. We need to be proactive. We need to take the initiative. But there's a problem here. We, most of people, seem like to see empathy around us. We like to empathy at a movie theater. We definitely like to empty seats if we are flying coach on an airplane, especially during the pandemic. You pray for an empty seat next to you because you get, uh, it will give you more room and you can spread out. But here, I need to remind you that an empty seat next to you in church is a serious matter. Because every empty seat represents someone who is missing. Every empty seat, uh, chair represents a life that God cannot touch in that church service. It represents a person whose burden cannot be lifted, whose heart cannot be mended, whose need will not be met that day. We pray that this empty seat will be filled with people who are currently far from God. They don't know, what, they don't know that God loves them, and they are trying to navigate their life without the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, Holy Spirit in their life. These people are our friends, our co-worker, and our neighbor. Many of them are carrying unbelievable heavy burdens. They do not know what there is a better way to live. So what is the purpose of my house being full? Is this to build a big church? We don't grow our benefit to build a big church. We grow because everybody needs Jesus, because people need the Lord. Sure. Anybody, uh, should anybody be left behind? A church doesn't want to grow, and the reach out is, ba- is basically saying to the world, the church is dying. We must understand that people matter to God, and they should matter to the church. You matter to God. One of the most popular words in our Bible is a John Chapter 3:16. For God so loved, the, uh, so loved the world that he gave to his one and the only Son, 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Eternal life. So the message of the great banquet is this. God loves you. For God so loved the world. Now we can try to take the word here, the, uh, the word of the, the word in John 3.16. Uh, we take that out and replace with your name. So for example, I put my name in here. For God so loved Mr. T.P. that he gave his one and only son. Similar, I put Patanason's name in there. For God so loved Patanason that he gave his one and only son. Same thing, I put Brother John, uh, Josh's name in there. For God so loved Josh that he gave his one and only son. So put your name in it. This is a personal. God loved you. You may think you are hopeless. You may think you are unworthy. You may think you are too old or you are too young. You may think you are too bad or you are too good. Or you may think you don't need God, but you do. You do. It doesn't matter where you have come from. What matters is where you are going. So I want you to ask Jesus to be the leader and the role of your life. Accept the fact that Christ has paid your debt of sin on the cross, receiving his gift of forgiveness and walk in his spirit and his power. So I'm asking you right now, what are you going to do with Jesus? You can trust him, or you can go in to turn away from him. I believe that today is your day. Today is your day. You will observe that those who were asked in the second time in today's story, they were described as the poor, the cripple, the blind, the lame. For this was the spiritual condition of the uh, Gentile world. So it's marked their uh, destitution. They are poor. They are without God and without hope in the world. Jesus said, no, none of those men who were invited should test my banquet. Not all dogs go to heaven. God bless to the unexpected those who are willing is require a response to the great invitation. Intention is not enough. It's not enough. There must be action. So actually come, come. God bless to the un uh, God bless you and bless uh, me if we want to come. From the cat and the dog I mentioned in the earlier story, it's about our priority in our life. What's your priority? Number one priority in your life? Feeling good and finding significant 
in building your own kingdom, all money and the wealth, all family and the children, or maybe you are still a student, you worry about your schoolwork. All God wants to teach us himself. Finally, let me summarize why Jesus used today's parable for the great banquet in his teaching today. First, Jesus wants to explain that invitation to God's kingdom is open to many people. It's open to many people. Jesus wants to show that Jews were given the first chance to be part of the God's kingdom, but they rejected. So God also gave us this opportunity. God don't want us to reject it too. Third, he wants to show the people reject God's call is due to the material possession or family commitment, which can be a, stumb- a stumbling block in one's spiritual life. Number four, Jesus explained that God's invitation and the call is actually extended to many people, and the God offer his salvation. Finally, Jesus explained that those who refuse or do not accept God's call will not receive the blessing of God's kingdom and will not enter the kingdom of the God. So I think the last uh, uh, item is very important. If we continue to reject God and uh, we don't want to receive his blessing to his kingdom, to enter his uh, banquet, then in the final judgment day, God also will reject us. So let's all pray. Father, Forgive us putting other sin and the people before you. Forgive us for making other sin and the people more important than you. Please help us from today stop uh, religions you to the background in my daily life. Come and take the first place. Come and occupy the center stage in our daily life. Help us to seek first your kingdom and uh, your uh, richness. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.